And we're back. Welcome to Printer Games, a podcast about what's new and awesome 3D printing. I'm your host, Jefferson J. Thacker, also known as Param, and I'm joined by... Kristen Sowers, also known as Lost Fears. Oh, Kristen, this has been a fun week, an exciting week. For you. Filled with <laughs> lots of 3D printing. So much 3D printing. Yes. Yours so probably more successful printing. than mine. Oh, I've printed hundreds of miniatures this week, Christian. Hundreds. 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 Yes. Uh, well, are we talking successful or are we talking just didn't existent? Wait, they're not always successful? Every no. time you hit print, you don't get a perfect model no. out of the printer? Even if your printer originally is your friend, sometimes uh -huh. it gets cranky oh yeah i'm so sorry i've i've seen some of the print fails you've been getting lately and i'm mm -hmm. and i know like it is frustrating when you're just trying to diagnose and to be fair Kristen, you've been having let's just get in it you've been having yeah. some troubles with some of your fdm printer right fdm right like here yeah. everybody's always afraid of getting into resin printing and everything and my my, my goo mastery seems mm -hmm. to be intuitive like i right. figure that stuff out i fix my problems fairly mm -hmm. quickly you know as long as i don't not have a screen protector on and, and like fuse a whole bunch of resin <laughs> onto a screen um if i don't do that then resin usually is my friend and and the goo and i aren't one but mm -hmm. um yeah fdm uh I don't know if, if if you've been listening to this for a while, you probably know that my first attempt at using um, my, I bought a um, Anycubic, Mon, uh, sorry, Mega X, big mm -hmm. format uh, uh, printer. And the first one came out of the box broken. <laughs> and that that was very, very upsetting. Um, fortunately, it was super easy to return because of where I bought it. So we got that out, got credit for it. And then I actually bought one from Anycubic themselves. And um, a little scary because I knew that was a little more involved uh, return process, but worked like a charm, leveled it once uh printed dozens of pieces no problem right i've been um, like admiring your your weird snake terrain pieces and your dungeon pieces i'm like those are great i mean it's inspired me to get my fdm game going up again yeah yeah and then you know you got me recently into the kraken tiles i, I finally yeah. put those <laughs> those files up and um the the kraken uh uh, they're just such a nice format. I love how the way they connect. Uh, if you're listening to this, they just have a simple slot connector. The doors themselves are on slot bases. They just go right in the side. So your door is your connector. Um, I'm going to just pitch something that I, I, I love. I love Dungeons and Lasers and, uh, Archon's uh, Rampart stuff for terrain. Right. Yeah. If you if want I modular terrain, I was going to buy so much of that. It, yeah. And I have bought a lot of it and it's great. And I, I love it and it paints up nicely and it's not, it, it's super value. I could go off about it, but I, I still think that uh, those Kraken tiles one upped it because the way they interlock is just so, so easy and slick and, um, you know, snapping things together and stuff like that is even faster um one of the things i i struggle with with the dungeons laser stuff is that it's the the clips are very tight um mm -hmm. and at first it was just like you had to wear them in and then that set was good or you could right. i actually did once once took one of my sets and filed inside the clips of every single one of them to get them down and the outer edges of every one of them that was just like a, a really boring project and i'll never do it again i'll just wear them in but dungeons and lasers most recent set they did translucent tiles mm -hmm. you know me and translucent things right just, you love uh, see-through yes i do love see-through things and so i was super excited and that plastic was so brittle like resin brittle like so like um you know probably was resin maybe but I don't, I don't think it was but anyway when you pop those clips in it was very easy to fracture and, and pop them and as soon as the clip breaks then you're you're sol and so back to the kraken tiles those those fits are just so great 
So finally was like, okay, I'm going to print some stuff. I started printing some of the crippled gods, um, hollowed hills, ruined tower stuff. Cause it's modular stackables. And then I started right. printing the, the Kraken stuff and I would go back and forth and just get frustrated because of a fail with one thing. <laughs> oh no. Frustrated with the fail with the other. And like, I went back and forth. Um, I have learned, uh, if you don't know this people l- listen up for a second, uh, FDM, um, the pil- filament releases oils. I didn't realize that it was releasing oils. And I, mm-hmm. I was stunned how dirty my little plate was. It looked perfectly clean. Right. It was not perfectly clean. It was oh. it was a deep, caramely shade of dirty. <laughs> right. And so the, the solution is, you know, between every print or every few prints, uh, you just put some alcohol or some, I, I prefer isopropyl alcohol for this. Just put that on a little rag and wipe down your build plate and you're good to go. Yep. Yep. And then um, there's been so many possible things that have gone wrong that that has been a, a huge guessing game for me. Um, I did not know the exhaust fan on your hot end can cool down your build plate. Yep. So this is a thing that like I've just found out about. And if it blows out, it can cause warping. And then once you get the warp on the base, your whole distribution of that many is just jacked i remember when that first warp started to appear on that most recent print and, and you were like can i save it and i was like don't try this way leads oh the path I, of disappointment I did and, and, and <laughs> param you want to know that the true cautionary tale of course uh-huh. I, I didn't just print one of those tiles oh no please I oh didn't we just we just <laughs> had this conversation <laughs> don't okay. pile the build plate if you don't know if it's going to work <laughs> to be fair i did a lot less <laughs> but yes, I, I did have a few of them on there because I just, I'm like, I can't do it. I can't, I'm going to be leaving this alone for a day or two. And that's like, I can do a couple of them at least. Nope. Nope. They all failed. But what same way there's they're, they're again, usable, but like I, I'm getting to that point where if I'm doing prints that are, have issues enough that I'm going to have to craft to fix them, I might as well have just been crafting in the right. first place. Yeah. And um, yeah. So anyway, uh, the, the, the build fan, the residue, um, Apparently, some plates just develop hot and cold spots. I can use my words sometimes. Right. Um, and that that might be a thing. And then people have been saying to use Aquanet or glue sticks. And you actually told me glue sticks, I believe, yes. right? Glue sticks or hairspray. And Aquanet is like one of the go-tos, uh, favorites for that. Um, I know that uh, the 3D Printing Nerd and Uncle Jesse channels both swear by that. Yeah. yeah. So, so um Fortunately, the, I, I was over on that um, Mega X uh, Facebook group and heard about the fact that you can do layer-based shutdowns for the cooler, right. for the cooling on the... I'm going to try that next. Hopefully, I will gleefully report more tiles printed next time. I really, really, really just will print one at a time. But um, all I got really off of my printers this week was some really cool snake casters. And I think you're going to be calling out the set for it later, maybe or yes, maybe yes. now. But, but the uh, uh, the lesson to learn here is that despite all the, the fear uh, and, and that a lot of people have with resin printing is that resin printing is actually fairly easy once you just know what, like just know the basics and, and pull the resin printer out of its box and it just goes. It will yep. go and do its thing. Put the uh, put the screen protector on, everybody. Please remember yes, to yes. put the screen protector on. But besides the screen protector, that printer is ready to go right out the box, and it will print like dandy. Yep. Um, and also, that's the reason I like the Neptune 2 so much. I put that thing together. It prints like a dandy. No problems. No mm-hmm. fiddling with settings. I just run that thing to death. 
but yeah, there's, when a, there's you're a lot dealing of things with most FDM printers like that. That is like the car enthusiast level of this hobby. That is like I've, I swapped out the springs for stiffer gold springs and I've got a new hot end on it and I'm, I, 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 I changed out the belts and I've completely reworked the axis. I'm going to patch on the second Z screw and there's all kinds of awesome customizations. That oh you yeah. Can do with a, with a, with a FDM printer, especially the ones that are based off of the open uh, source frameworks like the Ender three and, and such. And, but if that's not what, if, if tinkering and optimizing isn't your jam resins, the answer, my friend. Yes. Yes. And, and it, it's, it's, uh, I'm excited to use for for those Kraken tiles, but I don't know that I. That's a lot of resin for them. I feel yeah. like now we've got Alex coming in with some knowledge. No, use warm water and dishwashing liquid to clean your bed and/or window cleaner. Alcohol will remove the protective layer on your build plate glass. Good to know, Alex. I don't use a glass build plate, but good to know. Thank you, Alex, because I do use a glass plate, so I appreciate that. I will, I will take that to heart. Yeah, and I'm, and, and I as far as I can tell, Dustin, G sorry, something plastic that I'm using on mine. Dustin, I've never printed candy off. Of, Dustin Knight from Facebook. I heard prints candy and got excited. <laughs> they are several printers out there that will print candy, and they are fun. Not many of them are in the. Uh, you know, uh, duh, 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 uh, not many of them are in like the ready to go stage, but some of them are. And I've, I've seen the chocolate printers and <laughs> those look so fun. I would love to like, but really that stuff is like, are you a cake decorating perfect? Like, are you a baker? Do you run a bakery? Then this has got practical use for you. Like being able to like customize cake decorations for, for clients and stuff. That's fantastic. Uh, Alex Shivler again, uh, giving the, the, the actual real hot knowledge here or get a flexible magnetic PEI sheet to replace the glass. Yes. Yeah. That's it. We're getting into the modding thing and I yes. am not a modder. That's, that's not I mean, me. I do do I did do some mods to my uh, resin printer. I uh, have gotten flex plates added to mine, but that's the extent of, of my modding. I, I I bought the um the flex plates, the actual branded flex plate system. Yeah, the, I was laughing because some of the people in the Facebook forum for the um, Mega X was like, "So you're still using the the hot head that it came with?" <laughs> Just like, <laughs> yeah, I know, right? The but second I the second I said I was buying an Ender. To Ender three and got it in. My inbox flooded with just like buy this mod and that mod and this mod. I'm like, is there any part of the actual Ender three going to be left when I'm done with this thing? Right, exactly. Like I, I was like, I've only had the printer for a month, a couple months, you know, a few months now, and I, like, yeah. They were all stunned that I still hadn't uh, chopped it up. <laughs> and to be fair, there's a reason to do a lot of these upgrades. Those up, uh, that advice is actually good advice and welcome and stuff. I'm just kind of poking fun at uh, at the situation, but it is a lot of fun to tinker with stuff. And I am wanting to get into the tinker half of this thing later once I am more well established. But at the same time, I'm looking at those CR30s, and I'm like, I kind of also just want to hang belt printers from my walls and being able to mass churn. <laughs> produce anything i want i want to be able to pr to print the sephiroth sword at one-to-one -one scale that would be wonderful yeah yeah I, I know people that are doing that just for the fun of like making right mm -hmm. and um 
I want to say the user's name on Discord was Taco. But anyway, she runs just on the side doing uh, commission work and makes more money than I usually do just off of my normal jobs. <laughs> just churning out just and just like almost by request. I think she has an Etsy storefront. And yeah, if you get the merchant licenses on things, right. there you can you can make a bank. Uh, Dustin Knight in chat says you need a printer to print better parts for your printer. That is like literally half of Thingiverse. Uh, Liz Quartz, like literally like rebuilt hers with her printer with her printer. Yeah. She, uh, she, the, the, yeah. the holy grail in the early days of the FDM prints were printers that could make the next printer so they could reproduce themselves. And that's all. And that's been kind of um, a, a fun uh, hobby in the hobby is it's doing just that. Of course, at this point, you still need to buy things like bolts and stuff. But I've seen like 90 percent. This came out of another printer printers. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I'm too busy playing the games to rebuild my printer to make the stuff for the games. I'm feeling pretty good if I make the stuff for the games and paint the stuff for the games and still mm-hmm. play the games. Like rebuilding and, my whole printer, mm, probably above, above my current pay grade and or skills. And that is also why, I, especially for this podcast and when people ask me, I recommend printers that are user-friendly, reliable things over stuff that has that, that maybe would have slightly better quality. It's the reason I don't recommend a Saturn as a, as a first printer. I recommend the Saturn as your second printer. I love that. Um, but the, a Mars 2 Pro or a Mars 3 or a Photon or or even a Creal, the new Creality ones are all good starter printers for your first resin printer because you know you don't have to do things like slow down your your lift speed because your build plate's slightly bigger or or extra supports needed when you're vrooming uh, because you have extra flex on the uh, FEP. There's uh, a lot of uh, you know stuff you learn and, and tweak and customize with the the Saturns and and the Jupiter that's about to come out that's even bigger that's going to have more of that going on that you know but. I know for a fact that if you got a, a Mars 2 Pro, a Mars 3, any cubic mono, that that thing is just going to be able to throw pre-supported files on that thing at recommended settings, and that's going to produce a mini, and you're going to have less fails when you're yep. starting off, which means you're less frustrated. That's the reason that I recommend the Neptune 2 so much, because it's a it's a really easy to put together machine that ships with a slicer that's been custom tuned just for that machine, and it knows how good it does at what and yeah it doesn't produce perfect prints but it produces considerably reliable print after print after print without any headache or worry right and right so i think that getting into the weeds and customizing your printers and stuff that's something to do once you've already had success at making the cool things because once you've been once you've bitten and you've got that and you've got your first armies and you've got your cool minis and you've got your first bits of terrain and you want to do a little bit better, then then you know that this is a hobby that you're you're wanting to get into. Right. You know that you're going to change some stuff and you're going to have a little bit of frustration and stuff. But to come in immediately and have nothing but fails and fails and tweaks and then people saying, no, it's easy. Just do this. No, you did this wrong. You need to do that. That can get so frustrating that it chases somebody out of the hobby. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I sang my lament. You told me you printed hundreds of things. Did you? What did you print? Uh, lots and lots and lots of wood elves, and lots and lots and lots of zombies. Lots and lots and lots of zombies, and and, and thirty high elves, including the 
the param mini. I finally got to print the param. Oh, mini. you printed that, that? That's weird. Don't cool. have him painted yet, so I don't have this. I'm not going to show him off on. on uh, but next week, next week you'll see the painted param. Nice, nice. Mm -hmm. uh, and the bats were painted this week, but not printed this week, right? Both. Both. I, oh, I needed a break. So wait. I needed a break, so I was like. Print the bats, paint the bats. So you took a break from printing wood elves and zombies by printing bats. Yes. <laughs> and yes. painting I'll them. go ahead and show that off. Rather well. Sorry, I didn't mean to like, so, you know. So I yeah. wanted to paint. I wanted a quick win. I wanted to get a whole unit of something done that I could use in the game that I knew wouldn't take me forever. Yeah. So I printed out some of the giant bats from Artisan Guild's uh, Blood Hunt set from a month ago. Yeah. And... It is a really nice set of bats. I love it. And so I broke out my airbrush and my contrast paints and my dry brushing, and I just went to town. Uh, so they, I'm going to go ahead and pull up uh, some of the pictures here. Um, but I went ahead and printed them off in my in my tough resin. Uh, you know, yep. I love my you know, I love my tough resin. Yep. And so that that's what they look like uh, coming out of the printer. You know, just you know, plain teal prints. I love that you've color coded them though, so you know that anything in that color is mm -hmm. is tenacious base. That is cool. Yes, it's, it's it's so it's so that I know when I'm going through my old prints that I what what I can afford to drop on the ground and what won't. Then I zenithal prime them. Um, yep. For those of you who don't know what a zenithal prime is, it's when you first prime something a dark color, and then you come up from the sky and prime them with a light color or a white color zenith, as in this is where the sun would be the zenith. Um, above and so I and then I filtered Gorgunta brown onto them so just mm -hmm. uh, like a brown coat over top the zenithal prime just to get them started mm -hmm. and then from that point on I dry brushed lighter layers of brown up onto them uh, until I got all the way up to uh, my favorite one of my favorite colors ever which is Pro Acryl's golden brown. I've used this in so many of my projects. I'll, yeah, I don't know what happened, but like there. almost all of our LGSs got Pro Acryl now, and I'm so happy because it's, it's such a great. It's everywhere. It's just such a great paint. It's wonderful. It, it's got great color coverage. It's thin right out of the bottle. It's super easy to work with. It's massively matte. I love Pro Acryl. It's like yeah. my favorite paint now. Uh, um, my favorite traditional acrylic paint. There's an asterisk and a hint for some future content, gang. Yep. Uh, and then when I was done with that, I got my airbrush back out again and put this little like reverse zenithal underglow of blue green. Yeah, I was I was gonna call that out because like by doing that second shade and and hitting it underneath, and you can do a lot of cool like yeah. The, the lifting light it looks like something's almost like there's ghosts underneath them or something like buoying right. them up i love it it's very so creepy all my vampire and undead models i do this too because i kind of wanted them to be like the effect that if they're on the battlefield they're coming across like, like a glowing creepy mist is what they're walking through and that's what they're going to come at you from I like and it. so that's why all of mine are done that way even my non-3d printed mini uh minis are are done that way my one of my favorite my favorite models I've painted ever is the the Games Workshop Zombie Dragon that I did that too. Yeah, and the the airbrush is just does such a great job of making it look like it's glowing underneath. I like it. I like it. Is that um, just one hit of color, or is there two layers, or how many layers of different? Just one hit. I mix up the blue green and I, I put it on light. 
-hmm. so that like if I come over a pass uh, section several times, it'll be brighter than the others. Right, so it's like right. it's really transparent when I put kind it on. Kind of a, a really fast object source lighting hack. Exactly, and and it's a it's a object source lighting hack that a lot of people have used. So I, it's it's a it's a wonderful trick. It's one of the best reasons to have an airbrush besides just easy zenithal primes and being able to get your models ready when it's snowing outside. I don't, I don't know if you noticed Alex put in there uh, has put in community firmware uh, magnetic PEI sheet or PEI yeah, sheet metal extruder replace the bed spacers for springs. Everything else is stock. That's that's still... I have a question for you, Alex. Define everything else. I, I kind of wonder how much of the printer is there. Like, is there like a bolt screw or a like the main computer? <laughs> is that all that's left? Maybe a moat. There's, there's like a motor, right? Uh, <sighs> some some uh, suction cups or something on the bottom, maybe. No, that's cool, though. All right. I'm sure I... prints are amazing. Anyway, you. I have uh, been printing a lot, and one of the big decisions I made with another, um, and a reason that some of my models are reprints of models I have had before is that I am tired of painting tiny. Um, I am I, I've I've waffled about this for ages, and I'm moving on up. I, I'm I'm just accepting that 32 millimeter is the future, and from now on, I'm printing and preparing my models in 32 millimeter scale. What about you, Kristen? Um, I'll just be honest. I've always gone with what looks good. And I'd say uh, over half of my prints are 32 millimeter anyway. Mm -hmm. I just care about the base. And if the base, the one thing I would ask, and, and if anybody who is running a Patreon is listening to this episode specifically, decorative bases and or stances, if you can make a 32 millimeter thing be able to fit on a small face, <laughs> I love you and I will support your Patreon. I get so frustrated when someone does something that's 32 mil scale and then like puts it on like this massive toppled tombstone that will only fit or is part of a custom base because then I have to make decisions about whether or not I can use that in certain games. Hmm. If I can't rebase it or you know, do something to deal with that without resizing it. it. It loses a lot of value to me. And yes, it looks cool. And I understand, but like, I'm not a golden demon painter and I will not be like using your 75 millimeter upscaled version. I, I want something that fits on my table and preferably for most of my gaming fits in an inch square. Like other than that, um, I'm finding more and more. I don't care if it's 32 mil, like, and it doesn't look bad enough um i do use a lot of pre-paint minis still um i find that um but like you're fighting goblins that are pre-paints and you're using 32 mil heroes it doesn't look weird at all like so even mixing those isn't too big a deal to me i do understand for a lot of gamers it's gonna be a problem <laughs> it's mixing is not such a big problem for me most of the time unless it's like the same if, when i'm wargaming if it's the same unit i definitely need the whole unit oh, yeah, to be the yeah. same scale because it would look weird uh, you don't want the world of warcraft raid effect uh, i don't have you played much world of warcraft Kristen? I have. I have indeed. But I will tell you, I was terrible at it. So I wasn't in a lot of raids. <laughs> so Warcraft used, they don't do this as much anymore, but they used to be real bad for this. Is like human scale enemies would sometimes be scaled up to the size of giants just so that people could see them when there was a flood of player characters around their ankles to beat the crap yes. out of them. Yes. Uh, so that that's kind of effect. So for a while now, I've been printing my heroes at 32 millimeter and then my rank troops at 28 millimeter, just so that the heroes would stand up and about above and more impressive. Right. Um, but 
Uh, and just to give you an example here, this is a Titanforge miniature. It is uh, their Elven Archmage, and I love it to pieces. It's a mm-hmm. wonderful mini, and it's been one of my favorites in my army for a very long time. Very well painted. Good job. And here is uh, one of my bog standard uh, Oathmark archers. So this is a 3D printed. This came out of an Oath, uh, Oathmark set uh, from mm-hmm. North Star Miniatures. Plastic yeah. PVC glued it together and painted it. And when they are side by side at the, let me get their feet on the right side. He's on the elevated base, so it's even yeah, worse. Yeah. But like, they are. I mean, they could still be the same. <laughs> but yeah, I see what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, so gaming that that's yeah. Like, especially when you're painting their faces, uh, the 32 millimeters are easier to paint. They're more impressive on the table. They have more weight and heft to them. They, I just like the, I just like them bigger. What can yeah. I say? It, it's, uh, I can, and I can get into the smaller details and like actually like do up the pupils on the eyes and highlight the cheeks a lot easier. Whereas with some of these 28 millimeters, especially the ones that have more realistic proportions and aren't quote unquote heroic scale, like, I throw a wash on it and hope for the best. And like when I start to get in there to highlight the cheeks, it's just like, I hope I got the cheek and not its chin. Right, right. Absolutely. And and you, you, the paint jobs are way better. I think with Wargaming too, you're going to, you're going to want that cohesive thing, especially if you're using movement trays and stuff anyway. So mm-hmm. as long as you're committing to the same thing, but um, yeah, if you're going to do that and the game allows 32 mils, so they're easier to paint and they look cooler. Why wouldn't you? Yeah. I mean, like it's, it's, it's a lot of like some people's preference. They want things to match. And if they're going up against or using a lot of like official miniatures or, or you have an old collection or, you know, like these are the Oathmark models. So what if you have, like I happen to have, 200 oathmark elves uh it's uh, suddenly the really cool taller 32 millimeter elves look out of place in that army or you know you want that classic look and the other place it does matter is when you're trying to do rank and file because mm-hmm. you were talking about fitting them on to a one inch square circle or square base something that yep. will fit in a one inch square dnd yep. when you have to rank and file for like ninth age or old warhammer fantasy battles and you're trying to get them to squeeze onto a 20 millimeter square base so <laughs> and they're and they are like so elbow to elbow and it, it sometimes gets hard and which is why i really uh, Highlands Miniatures is a wonderful set of miniatures out there. They do 32 millimeter scale models that are meant to be put onto those old Warhammer Fantasy bases. So they do indeed fit on those old 20 mils. But some of them, like it's like literally they have their, their arms up to their chest with the club just sticking straight up because they have no more room to move around. Uh, so there is some reasons that you would want to go a little smaller uh, to do that. Plus you can fit more on the build plate. That used to be one of my reasons because I had the old Mars one. I noticed that if I was printing at 28 millimeters, I could fit a whole lot more minis on that build plate at once than when I was printing the 32 millimeter equivalents. Sure. But now that I've got my Saturn, I can throw like 30 models at 32 millimeters and I get that whole regiment out all at one go. Well, and there's something to be said too. Like, yeah, if you have a whole bunch of pre-existing stuff, mm-hmm. I, I get it. You might want to hang on to it. But like mm-hmm. more and more stuff's going to start looking dated. I mean, right. that's horrible to say, but as artists, I mean, the, the game, you know, the, the industry is, is evolving so quickly and the artists are getting so good and stylized. Like, you know, you're getting things like your Cobra modes and your um, Bite the Bullets where like there's a whole like flavor now that you can present a unified army of these kind of more like 
character driven or whatever. And like to, to, to circle back on, um, you know, older armies, it's going to get to the point where it's just going to look wonky too. Like, and that's kind of my advice is you're going to get to a point where you're just going to want to pick a new army and start over. Right. And at this point that I'm, I'm going to basically be reprinting some of the stuff that I have at 28 millimeter entirely and just, right. And yeah, Hey, it's a whole good reason to print some new minis. It's not like I have to go buy all these minis from sure, a store sure. and pay way too much money for them. Well, and you know, you probably have LGS or local game clubs. I don't know. Around mm-hmm. here, there's a couple of schools with D&D clubs that like would love some old 28 millimeter. That for a while there, that definitely was an issue for me. It was just like, you know, just random gamer friends. I know, hey, do you want 200 models that I don't <laughs> want anymore? Here. Yeah. I need to get these out of my closet. I mean, I would have said yes, even though I probably would have had, to, I don't know, build something to put them in at this point because it's, it's too and much. Also, because so many people are moving over to that the default, like most of the 3D printing companies, like to do 28 millimeter, I was having to customize the models. Like, sure. uh, Titan Forge is great because they offer them in both. Uh, right. and I, I've, I've heralded that and that's still fantastic for today when I need to match. But like you know, most, most of them are 32 millimeter scale by default. And so when you, when you scale down, you have to redo the supports. When you scale up, not so much. There is some wiggle room. Usually 10% is fine. You're, you're good, which is about what I would do. Which when I scale up, I get pockmarks. 7%. You, yeah, yeah, the pockmarks are worse. Yeah, way but worse. Technically 87% is the right scale, but 10% was close enough for me. Mm-hmm. Um, Same. <laughs> yeah. And that's fine. But you know, it didn't always work. Like one in 10 would occasionally have some problems and, Oh, I don't have a foot anymore. I just got a pancake where my foot should be. Yeah. I, uh, did still have those, those dwarves that ended up somehow more like gnomes. I don't know what happened there with my artist. I did a whole artisan guild thing where I was like, I want a more 28 millimeter. Cause it's, I love artisan guild, but sometimes their dwarves are chunky. <laughs> and like, I, I was like super bummed out cause I ended up with gnomes <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Speaking of cool dwarves and Titanforge, though, have you Ooh. seen the the Runecaster preview for April? It looks so sweet. I have not. It's uh, like I want toss to play the it link. Toss the link. And like, oh, of course you would say that now. I you you just you percolated me in the moment, and I didn't have a handy. But uh, while you're is, getting that link ready, mm-hmm. do you remember? Uh, I just talked about like having to use my old Mars uh original elegoo mars well like you know that thing's been handed down to a friend since i got my saturn but for any of our listeners that still has like a old first generation mars or a mars pro or a first generation anycubic photon um like i know several of my friends picked up those this christmas because anycubic was running a sale at those for like a hundred bucks just Mm -hmm. flat which is a you know easy way to get into printing. The big disadvantage is those were not mono screens. So if you were printing on those older printers that did not have mono screens, they print so much slower. It was like today yep. I, I do four seconds a layer and that's because I'm using uh, tenacious, which usually it would be 3.5 seconds a layer with the resin that I'm using. But tenacious adds about a half second at the ratio I'm mixing it in. And so it, uh, it wasn't, it was, it, you know, so I'm at printing at four seconds. I was having to print at like some for some really delicate prints, like 
10 second layer heights on my uh, layers for my old Mars. Yikes. Because it was not using them on the screen. But now Cheeto, Cheeto Systems, the people who make the the uh, parts, the, the brains of these 3D printers and Cheeto Box the slicer, they've released upgrades for those old printers, the, the specifically the Elegoo Mars Pro, the Inucumic Photon, the original Elegoo Mars. They also have these for a slew of other first generation printers. Uh, they now have mono upgrade kits, which at first was not thought to be possible, but they've got firmware upgrades that make it possible now. And so you can just throw this mono mod into your old printer and get the new print speeds. You're going to be printing at three and a half seconds layer speeds again. You're going to be able to vroom. You're going to be able to just also the big advantage even beyond print speeds of these printer these screens is they last a lot longer than those uh, those traditional full color lcds did so they will you will be replacing them less the upgrade is only like 37 to 39 to 42 dollars depending on which screen you're getting that's crazy good which yeah so this is a no-brainer upgrade if you have one of these printers go buy this screen right now even if you have even if your screen's still good because it will last a ton longer than the screen you've got which was like those old screens were like for 400 print hours i think was as good as you got off those old screens mm -hmm. and replacement screens for those were still 30 40 so it's not like this is any more expensive and this new screen will last a whole lot longer you'll be printing faster you'll have a little bit more accuracy a little bit sharper details it's a it's a win-win-win all over the board uh and that old printer that you might have been thinking about retiring or throwing away and getting a new one can become your second printer even if you do buy the new one it's like it can have some life you don't have to upgrade to a mars 2 or a mars 3 now this is a point where i talk about my privilege because i have only ever had mono screen <laughs> oh yeah it's great i i printed on those old first gen printers and they and it was great i thought it was awesome it's like in six hours i can have a mini Right, right. Awesome. And now it's like in two hours, I can have that same mini. In two hours, I can have 40 of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm so, still just floored how much volume I get out of my, my sound because I'm like, oh, there's not, not very much. So I only printed like two of those snake casters mm -hmm. um, and I got four more out of it. Like I was just underestimating how much there was in there. And it's just it blows me away still how big that tank is sometimes. So I thought it was and, a little puddle in there, but it was plenty. Mm -hmm. oh, I just found out that I can fit almost 500 milliliters in my Saturn plate. Also, I found also almost found out that almost 500 milliliters is almost too much. <laughs> I, I got the, <laughs> I had the nervous moment where the print bed went all the way in, and I noticed that the resin went way too close yes. to the edge. That's oh. oh no! Oh no! Oh no! Please don't spill over. I don't want to spend the next hour cleaning this printer. Yeah, I, I had that scare recently too, just like, because I, I think I forgot Tenacious in one of my mm -hmm. things because it was a new color. And I was like, oh, crap, I need to put some in there. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> so that's I exactly what you model. want is your your ultra, your, I know, but it was it was like one of those last minute things like the plate was, was about to go down. And I was like, I got to get that in there, forgot. And, you know, I just I just paused the print and did a little uh, of the lowering and raising mix trick. And it was fine. Printed great. So Though I will tell this. you, don't okay. get your leveling off once you put Tenacious in, because there is nothing like a a wonky base on that's made of Tenacious Enforced Resin. Chiseling that thing off took like 20 minutes. 
because it was it wasn't that bad it was like is maybe you know uh, a couple mils on one side but it was like maybe five or six higher on the other Oof, and it that was all it took it's like i took so long to get it off anyway I, I, I did get you that link though. But you've done it. So, so you've done the tenacious jump. You've been using it now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, How do you feel about it? I am. I am throw a your fan. on concrete. I, I still don't get crazy. Um, I still. I, I'm mostly excited that when something falls, it isn't immediately lost. I think we talked about last week where uh, the like if it has an axe or something, it still might break. You know, mm-hmm. if there's something where the physics are a little. Um, Right. soft or, or or fragile like um I, I love comet lord stuff and he does these really dynamic wing poses sometimes where it's like got a tiny tiny join right at the shoulder or whatever and um super cool but like yeah that can that can still go but usually um most things especially like a table drop or a table to floor drop is not guaranteed to end the mini you know right. i'm much more worried about it chipping my paint at this point than i am destroying the mini which is a huge release because relief because i i can't tell you like well the the infamous dragon rider that like fell and like i still haven't found all the pieces of her shoes everywhere some of my very first minis in here in the game room i dropped a treant and i'm still finding branches to this day i dropped that treant last year <laughs> i am oh. not surprised you know even even standard prints like or standard um minis like i got that uh paizo really cool undead cyclops mini i don't know if you remember it oh from... yeah i love that mini and he fell and i still wear his arm is <laughs> oh no uh, this is why I miss the old D&D minis. Those old D&D pre-paints, whatever they were made of, was invincible. I'm half convinced that it's, it is tr- tire mixed with Kevlar. Might be. <sighs> so, uh, David yeah. Wickham says, just reprint the lost bits, but then he follows up with, or the whole thing. Yeah, that's the thing with 3D printing. is like, before I just reprint an arm and then try to meticulously, like, kit bash that thing back into health, I'm just going to print a new one. Because it's like pennies to reprint a trant, and then I have a new one. The the only thing that made me sad was it was painted, so that means I have to repaint the trant. Yeah, that's that's time you're never getting back. But it is kind of cool to experiment with paint jobs because you have five. Yeah. So I have here um, a, a a the Titanforge dwarves. Is that what you wanted me to look at? Yeah, it's the April look, right? Yeah. Yeah, look at this that just rune came out caster. Today. Yeah. The rune caster on the left there. That thing is sweet. And I'm pretty sure his runes are like chained down. So that there's kind of like there's magic like causing them to crackle and like hover around his head. So mm-hmm. I'm actually just uh, Owen Casey Stevens wrote a, a rune caster for his 52 and 52 project. Right. And that class is so interesting to me. And I was just like, I should play a dwarf rune caster. And like suddenly, boom, this mini comes out. Like I, I, it was, it was like divine providence or, or at least really good marketing, but uh, I think it's just so sweet. Um, it also would probably play well with, um, I want to say artisan guild had some, their the Oathbreaker clan. Yes. Yes. I, I love the Oathbreaker set. I love it to pieces. I've I'm, it, they are core part of what I'm hoping to be a dwarf army soon. I have printed a lot of them and I kit bashed a crap ton of them too. I made custom badgers for them. I took a bear model, the the Kashinoku bear that you, uh, that was meant for dwarves to ride, like big old giant bear. I shrunk mm-hmm. it down and re-sculpted its face to be a badger and made its legs all stumpy and then put a badger tail on it. And it's like, I now have badgers and I put uh, dwarf berserkers models like old old uh, giant slayers and stuff on it and i made a whole bunch of badger riders i love it i bet if you go to the next slide it's got to zoom in on him that's pretty move him wrong there it is yeah yeah, yeah. no he looks 
looks absolutely awesome. Like the whole dwarf wizard concept is is fun but i've never seen one that just embraces the dwarfiness as much as this usually it's just like a short wizard with a beard and maybe a mug at the end of its staff but like no this is like got all the hexagons all the re really cool runes and the chains this this looks like what dwarf magic should look yeah like. yeah absolutely just so flavorful and like i yeah i i'm so stoked that this is coming out like i at first i honestly i saw that you know me i see like dwarves or orcs or whatever and my heart sinks a little bit but when i then i opened the preview and i was like okay this is this is badass i'm i'm here for mm -hmm. it but um yeah that's uh it's gonna be paint i'm stoked um, more things to print more uh, more hundreds of minis to add to my print queue you said it, but it's a bad you know thing. what you know what happens occasionally What's that? i've been having a i had a really big great stride like literally hundreds of models came off that printer and hundreds of bases and not a print fell until this morning uh oh i loaded up a whole tray full of bases ah it's a bases yeah titan forge red leaf bases um i loaded up a tray full of them and i told them to vroom i usually slow down bases and i should have this time but i didn't i was just like no vroom those bases and they of the five bases two of the types would not print and i it was that perfect print where all the supports appeared and there's just there, nothing there it's like the base was just missing <laughs> it's like the perfect fail so, which is also good because it means i wasted the least amount of resin when it fails early i like that with a big thick piece but did you have like a weird circle that one layer. on the bottom of your tank well i did until i cleaned it but you and i only noticed it once i had the the layer out because I want to talk about the easiest way to clean your print failed prints without damaging your FEP. Okay. This is a trick that's been going on for a little while uh, uh, online. I know Uncle Jesse has done a video about it, and I tried it out, and it is it is stupidly easy. It is so much better than any other way to clean that. So what you do mm -hmm. is you've had a failed print. You know you've got pancake on your FEP. So you run the tank clean function like yep. normal, but before you run the tank clean function, you grab some supports that you had mm -hmm. uh, from a print that you've saved, preferably ones with a nice big, but not too big, like a size of a quarter, uh, like a, a one inch base uh, size on the bottom I found is the sweet spot. And you just put it in the corner so that part of it's not on the screen but a good chunk of it is so it has like a little bit that's not going to be exposed to the screen so put it in the corner of your vat and then you run the tank clean feature it will bond that layer that it uh prints on the bottom like that the very thin layer of the clean to the support sprue that's sticking up out of the resin and because the corner of it is off the screen it hasn't stuck to anything so you just pull up and peel it's oh. effortless the whole thing just comes straight off with no resistance and huh. it's and you are done no scraping there no worrying about scratching your screen no struggle it's just no guesswork just pull and the whole layer comes off with it this should have occurred to me already because i had a base fail just like we're talking about and it failed halfway down and was at a wonky angle and that one i used to pull off but i had never thought about doing it on the edge like that that is smart I like and it. if you don't want to use sprue but like they originally this method uh was popularized i forget who did it but they basically designed a 3d printable piece that you just print a, like a couple yeah, of yeah yeah like a little yeah. ring or something right yeah 
yeah, a little ring on the stick with a flat base at the bottom. And you can still go get that and print it. And, it, and they're reusable. So don't worry. Like what you do is you just, when you pull it out, you break that off. You right. break that ring off of the the uh, the support material, which is so thin it'll break right off. You'll wash it in alcohol, throw it back in your cure chamber for a little bit to, to cure any resin that's still stuck to it. And you're good to go. And to reuse that is infinite time. So you can just print off the pre-made ones. But I just grabbed a little bit of sprue. Mm -hmm. Same function. Nice. It works wonderfully. And I love it. It's it's made things so much easier. And my FEP is going to think. Because uh, one of the quickest ways that my FEPs wear out is when I am prying on it with that dull spatula. And that's going to put dents in it. And sure. that makes it wear out faster. Yeah. I usually just pop up the edge from the other side, like, but maybe that's yeah, you risk broken spill and then you yeah. do your prints on your FEP. Uh, and... There's that, but I do with gloves mm -hmm. anyway. Um, yeah, that's a good tip, and I'm super stoked to try it. Mm -hmm. In fact, I have the, the remnants of my, mm -hmm. my translucent stuff because I've been printing those casters in it to use up the stuff that I made the crystal things from a couple weeks ago. So, yeah, cool. And it is not the only tip I bring our listeners. This is, I'm curious. I have seen this thing. I don't know what this thing is. Anybody who's hearing this, so just describe so, this thing to the people who can't right. see it. So first I want to describe the problem. Oh, the problem. We're the problem, problem it solves. Okay. And it is an easy, obvious solution. Um, the hoods for many of our printing devices and cleaners are clear acrylic. Mm -hmm. Resin scars clear acrylic mm -hmm. you get resin on your gloves as you're cleaning if you're not mm -hmm. careful yep then you touch the clear acrylic mm -hmm. and you get scars on it and yep. it looks dirtier and dirtier yeah my poor original mars i felt so ashamed i tried to clean it so many times and i realized no there's no ever cleaning that it's just gonna always look dirty as crap Yep. So some people have 3D printed handles for their printers, which is great. Uh, mm -hmm. You can a little bit of two part epoxy and some handles that you can buy at Walmart's an awesome option or 3D print something that looks cool. Uh, but my solution is just to use the red thingy, which is a suction cup handle that is designed to stick down onto anything. Pull this let let lever it becomes a suction cup it hangs onto it and i just lift my hood up and that's it's become the way that I would have been really clean. great about five months ago oh sorry because my saturn looks like it's been in a teenage boy's room oh no <laughs> <sighs> i was trying not to go there Kristen. you oh. know that that happens entirely in the listener's mind parent so that's so all i uh this, so yeah, I picked this one up at like for a dollar at the local dollar store. You can order them off Amazon. You can get nice big chunky ones at, at your hardware store. They're easy. They're cheap. Um, I will say that over time, the spring eventually uh, wears like stretches, especially on the cheaper ones. So when you do not, my advice is to not store them on the printer in the lat locked condition. Because it'll wear out. Yeah. Yeah. But if it does wear out, it's a like I think this was literally a dollar. So yeah, I just go yeah. get a new one. Cool. Amazon or just buy local? The local dollar store. Ah, okay. But yeah, Amazon, you can get like a five pack for ten bucks. It's nice. It's nothing. Just it's suction cup handles, small suction cup handles. I say I don't think I've seen him at our, our local dollar store, so I'll have to keep. Did your local dollar store become a dollar twenty five store? Because ours did. No, mine stay. Well, dollar Tree stayed a dollar here. I know Interesting, because it's our Dollar Trees are our dollar twenty five for most things. Yeah, 
But when I say dollar store, I'm talking about my dollar generals in my family dollars, uh, not so much the Dollar Tree. The gotcha. Dollar Tree, it's a fun place to get certain materials that are important to our hobby. Like dollar, dollar store foam core comes from Dollar Tree around here. That's the yep. foam core that's so cheaply made that the paper peels off super easy, which is incredibly valuable for crafting. Yep, yep. That's how I'm going to fix my last big fail but uh i the dollar generals and the dollar family dollars around here are usually where i go to get cheap things that have a little bit more quality than that yeah the only other thing i look at the dollar tree is their fairy garden section because sometimes there's weird functional mm -hmm. terrain just like sitting there like that's a great tree just grab it and halloween is always the best time to go for a gamer to to, to the stores to go check out the the halloween town decorations yeah also, Michael's is like the best store for that because they get so much cool Halloween Town stuff every year, like little scale model graves that are already painted for you. That yeah, right, perfect. already dry brushed. You you yeah. just have to make sure the scale's even sort of close, and you're good to go. And let's be honest, like a lot of the big scary sepulchers and stuff are always overscaled anyway. So even if they're mm -hmm. a little big, it's fine. Exactly. This is just the rich person's grave. They were very full of themselves. <laughs> nice. Like it. hey, I'm going 32 millimeters. Maybe I need a little bit bigger. Right, right. If you're a big, oh. your big ass vampire. Oh, sorry, your big vampires. You might have to. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Cut that out. I apologize. <laughs> so moving on, we're coming up on time. So it's time to get to what we are shouting out to, which is just the cool stuff we think is awesome. Yes. So what do you have? Anything to shout out to, Christian? I do. I sent you a link. Um, uh, it, on on the wrong platform. So yes, you did, Kristen. I will. I, I'm trying to do it here. here. Let's see it. Let me see if I can fix that. But I, um, there, maybe that'll work. Maybe not. Nope. Nope. Did it? Maybe. There maybe. you go. I think I've got it. Yeah. So, um, Rocket Pig I, is interesting. I originally was drawn to them because they were supportless, supposedly, and like a lot of their stuff printed just fine, even in resin, on depending on what you did. Um, the reason, <sighs> though, I circled back on this, uh, I'm, a, I'm an old school. D&D nerd and I mm -hmm. love inevitables. I think inevitables were a cool upgrade, but in the the old days Modrons were uh, the I thing. Love the Modrons. And there have not really been a lot of great Modron minis and this set from uh Rocket Pig the actual um I guess it's still on their Rocket Pig uh the site that the tribe has a different name I think, but um, the March release has a bunch of really freaky, big, cool monsters, depending on what tier you're on, because I believe you get larger and larger minis, the bigger you support them. But the base one comes with these Modrons, and it's probably one of the best little assortments. And they don't just have the little square guys, which I love my little square guys, but there mm -hmm. are there's a pretty good selection of different uh, forms and, um, you know, kind of a nod to dice as well, which I think was cute. Um, but yeah, just a really great little set of Modrons, the sort of thing that like I would have kicked myself if I'd missed it and found it later yeah i'm sure it'll be relatively cheap but to pick it up now at, at the uh at their tribe actually page is what i think what i linked um is uh it's a super good deal and if you are an og planescape nerd um i definitely recommend snagging little modrons uh which are probably not called modrons for things but maybe they are i don't know anyway they're called the mechadroids. Oh, sure, mechadroids. Right. Mm -hmm. They're Motrons. Anyway, um, so that's that's my shout out. Just I uh, think it's it's a cool thing, and I would hate for people to miss it and want it. Now, before we uh, go out, Alex has given us the answer to our earlier question. What is still left of his printer? 
The answer is the frame, motherboard, power converter, motors, hot ends are still stock, considering it's a Kickstarter model that kept catching fire. I should probably <laughs> replace the power switch motherboard. Oh my gosh, catches fire. Nice. I also swapped out all four of the fans for quieter fans, so it doesn't sound like a jet engine powering up. I will say that that is true. I got sil- the Neptune 2 has quote unquote silent stepper engines, which I'm sure is great. But that fan, I am so like I'm I'm like be quiet. I want to go get some be quiet fan or yeah, some some like good you know, high end computer fans just to replace those so that it doesn't sound so horrible when I'm printing. Yeah, I'm considering moving the my filming area up into and recording area up into that same room, and I'm a little nervous. I'm like, oh, does that mean I'm gonna not be able to print anything because. <laughs> those fans are loud yeah so, honestly you know recording studio and mechanical stuff does not well not go well not. together noise canceling helps but be realistic maybe here. maybe i'll try to keep it down in the gaming room so my shout out this week i want to shout out to the dragon dragons trappers lodge uh their sets the last few months especially uh have become bigger and bigger and more awesome dragon trapper lodge used to be what i would call a boutique 3d printing 100 agree it was yeah. at first which like they didn't produce a ton of models but what they did produce was very characterful usually nicely detailed big unusual stuff a lot like what twin goddess like very characterful unique sculpts uh, not a whole lot of reposing of the same model uh but lately they've kept all of the the cool cool original character concepts there's just so much more included with each set um and this month's set which is the gunslinger lodge just absolutely blew me away so i needed to shout it out so it's a wild west fantasy theme and the two they got two dragons this time usually there's one centerpiece dragon and then like monsters and 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 people that would go out to capture that dragon, sort of their theme um so they got two dragons they got this big boy uh they got a humongous chonker desert dragon with a ball mace for a tail mm-hmm. and this massive steampunk dragon that's just like vaulting over a turned over coal cart or gold cart or thing and that's besides like the living cactus creatures and a full set of western fantasy themed terrain they've got a tarantula that has like a shack on its back it's so huge yep um and it's something i don't know if you've noticed or called out but they actually threw in an entire old set with like oh you, yeah you get a prior whole month so it's like like a lot of pl- places that's the one um we'll do a throwback set but they, they mm-hmm. did one of their bigger kind of smaller model count sets you still got all that extra stuff and it has the big antler bear with the howdah and everything on it it's got the Um, giant jackalope that's like a jackalope on a huge and that was just pure extra they had no need to do that it was just i think i'd actually already joined by this month but i thought that was really cool that it was just a huge value they threw in there like i've been a big fan of theirs for ages and they were the one that I converted over to from a Patreon subscription over to a tribe subscription just to see how tribes did. Same also, thing. I love this rattlesnake hydra that they yes. done. It's like a, a hydra just balled up, but it looks like a if you've ever seen um, a rattlesnake, uh, like if you've ever been to a rattlesnake pit or in the south, um, it's it's it looks like what you would see in the pit, but it's a hydra. So it's just like dozens of heads of these really cool horn nosed rattlesnakes. 
little snakes and it's just a wonderful sculpt um i can never use that one of my players is arachnophobic so you got this really awesome cactus treant that looks like a dog and his tongue wagging out and it, it looks so happy i love models that look happy you got smaller spiders that are still large size creatures you've got naked mole rats going on a human now you're to my boys and lots of snake people. Lots of snake lots people. Lots of snakes. And the snake sorceress. Oh, love that caster. So cool. Snake archer. Snake boy with the with sword. And then the ones that I love so much. I have Vanessa Hoskins, who uh, did the first part of the Alkenstar Adventure Path for, which is a Western Adventure Path for Pathfinder. Uh, when I sent her these uh, just as soon as I saw them, and she loves them. It's Centaur Cowboys with... Uh, and because it's a fantasy set, all the cowboys come in two versions, one with actual six shooters or rifles, and then the other with those replaced with crossbows. So same like, sort of poses, but if like if you don't have you guns in your set, I appreciate that. Yeah, because yeah. there's a lot of settings that don't have guns or, or DMs that don't want them in their game or and, whatever. So and this Wyatt Earp looking cowboy here yeah, is the yeah. one I showed off because this this is the one that sold me on the set, even though I was already pledged, so I was always going to get it. It's just like wow, Wyatt Earp if Bob was centaur with this really awesome old like uh, confederate era right six shooter actually i think that's the Yin model uh six shooter in in his hands yeah and then I, uh, if you don't want the six shooter i think i mentioned this to you but i actually was about to unsub i was just like this is too quirky it's too weird whatever and then this set was what dropped and i was like dang it and th this one's like it's it's a warforged gunslinger with a katana so just fa and it's doing a fan pose so it's uh if you don't know about fanning the hammer it's when you rapidly push the hammer back so you can rapid shoot a revolver and he's doing that pose yep. and it just looks so awesome sweet just so many models in this set it's a ridiculous amount of models then they have all the warforged without the western stuff if you just want a whole bunch of warforged yeah they actually um had a post about recently that their model count would be going up to 30 plus per release which which is insane. Insane. Really, really cool. They were already putting out some of the best and most characterful sculpts out there. Um, and I thought they were worth it even when I was only getting like a dozen models, but it usually would include like a big old. Like, yeah, the dragon big dragon was and, really, like, a bunch of really cool adventurers. That was like my this. sub and everything else was extra. <laughs> Right. Like the, remember the snow set that had that really awesome so, ice sorceress and the, and mm -hmm. uh, in it, like just the sorceress alone was worth the price of admission for me on that set. And then like all this terrain and then the, the throwback set has the big giant bear antlers, which I'm going to be able to use in like, so many of my games. I love this set. I love this set so much. We need to get them on the show. That would be awesome. Who's doing uh, that? Me or you? Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, I'm sorry, David Wickham, who is posting in chat right now. La 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 la. My wallet isn't listening. <laughs> and and Aaron is actually one of my players. He's hazing me about sometimes. I will say I discourage gun use in my games. I do not out and out say no, but I discourage it. I'll admit it. All right. We are out of time for this episode, but we thank you all so much for listening. If you want to find more, you can find us at printyourgames.com website if you want to help the podcast out the best way to do so is to like us give us a review on itunes or spotify or drop a comment if you're watching us on youtube it really helps the algorithm know that we're something y'all want to watch and helps get the word out so we would super appreciate that if you have any questions you can email 
us over at podcast at preachergames.com or drop us a comment or question them. You can also find us over on Facebook, on Twitter, and uh, we're available wherever podcasts are found. Until thank next you. time, I'm Jefferson J. Thacker, also known as Param. I'm Kristen Sowards, also known as Lost Fears, and thank you for listening. Bye, everybody. <laughs>